Good morning, Good News Church. My name is Rushton Gunter, and I will be reading the scriptures this morning. Would you please stand for the reading of the Word of God? Our scripture this morning is found in the ninth chapter of Luke. I'll read the 18th through the 27th verse. It reads, Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowd say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say, Elijah. And others, the one of that one of prophet that one of the prophets of old has risen then he said to them but who do you say that i am and peter answered the christ of god and he strictly charged and command, commanded them to tell this to no one saying the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, and daily follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeit himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some, of, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and your great and precious promises. For where we stand, Father, we believe that as your word go forth today, it would accomplish its purpose. It will not return under you void. Be exalted in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Nobody likes to lose. Everybody wants to win, right? But in this passage today, we're going to discover that the, the losers are actually the winners in the kingdom of God. Uh, about 25 years ago, while I was going to Bible college and Carrie and I had been married for a couple years, um, she, uh, she had this great idea, woke up one day and said, I'm going to do a half Ironman triathlon. And I just got out of the way and I said, okay, baby, whatever I can do to support you, right? She had no background in swimming or biking and a little bit uh, in high school. She ran, I think, cross country one year. But other than that, she really just had this, this big dream. I'm going to go out and, and do this half Ironman triathlon, which is a big, big deal. So she started to, to prepare and to train for that. And um, she didn't have a bike, but I did. 
you know, so we got my old 12 speed out and, you know, I think we may have gotten new tires for it or something, but she started pedaling and training for that. And she started, she went to this place and she started learning how to really swim and, and all this and that. And, and then she entered her first race and she thought, you know, I'm going to start off kind of small. And so she signed up for a duathlon, which is where you, you uh, bike first and then you run or I, run, bike, run. Okay. Run, bike, run. So sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. So, um, so I remember the day, you know, we get up and, uh, we take this old 12 speed bike of mine and we throw it on top of an old tire on the back of my truck and we, we tie it down, you know, with some old bailing wire, you know, and here we go. You know, we get to this race and everybody's decked out in the latest gear. You know, I mean, these are serious athletes and I pull up in my rusty, trusty truck and we throw that bike out and, you know, and, and this is a little intimidating, you know, and Carrie's just trying to figure out what's going on and we're both, okay, what's next? There's probably about, I think, a hundred athletes, maybe something like that. And, and so, you know, they blow the horn, everybody come in and we're going to give instructions on the race. And so we gather in, but they don't have any, uh, sound system or anything. So this guy's out there and he's just trying the best he can to, you know, go over the rules of the race and go over the course and everything. And Carrie's thinking, man, I am not going to, I, I, I am going to get in the back of this line. I'm going to get in the back of this bunch of people and because I don't, you know, I don't want to start up up front because this is, you know, this is new to me. So she's in the back. The problem was she was so far back, she couldn't hear the instructions that were given. And the guy was going over the route, the course that she was going to be uh, biking. And he was, he was, we found out later, you know, that he was trying to explain how the course is not marked out very well. And when you come to this certain intersection, you have to turn right. Well, we didn't hear any of that, right? And so, boom, gun goes off. Bikers go and a runner's bike or whatever it is. And so <laughs> she's out there on the bike and, and she's going and going and going. And she begins to think, why aren't there other bikers around me? Why am I the only one out here going up and down these hills out in this country, you know, uh, of Missouri, and there's no other bikers? And she starts to think, okay, something's not right. And so she turned around and she discovered, and she came back to the actual entry where the race started. And, I, and here she comes, and I'm looking, I'm going, what are you doing here? What's going on? And she goes, I don't know where to turn. I think I missed a turn. And so, so everybody's like, turn over here. And so anyway, she's like four or five miles. Like she went out of her way. Okay. So she is like, she is in last place of this race. And you've heard this story before. She's told it much better than I do. And, uh, and so she's, but she's like, I'm determined. I'm going to finish this thing. So she's like biking and running this thing, like all by herself. Nobody around her. You know, all the other athletes finish. I'm at the, uh, the finish line. We're all waiting for the last athlete to come in, right? And five minutes and 10 minutes go by and 15 and 20 minutes. And they're starting to pack up all the refreshment stations. You know, people are loading up their bikes, but they can't have the award ceremony until the last person comes in. 
And so here comes Carrie. She comes in and she's going to finish this thing come hell or high water, right? Uh, I don't care if I got lost. We're going to finish. She comes in. Everybody's applauding. I think it's because they were wanting to go home, you know. But we were, I was proud of her. She's finishing, you know. So she'll cross the finish line and then we're there, you know, and they start the award ceremony. And, um, and they say, um, the next award goes to Carrie DeVries. Yeah. And, and, we're, and we're both like, what? What's going on? Yes, she placed third in her age group. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, so she went up and she got a trophy. And she got her name in the paper. She still has the piece of paper. She still has the newspaper clipping. She showed it to me yesterday, right? Okay. I was so proud of her. And it reminded me that the losers are the winners in the kingdom of God. The losers are the winners in the kingdom of God. And sometimes the people who actually come in last win the prize. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. And I want to, some of you are going to be encouraged this morning because you feel like a loser. And I want you to know you're winning. And some of you um, feel like you're winning. I'm going to encourage you and let you know you're losing. <laughs> right? I'm going to challenge you because that's what Jesus is doing today. He's challenging them uh, on what this is all about. So the passage really begins with this, this idea of identity. Somebody say identity. Identity, yeah. So Jesus, uh, you know, asked a big question. Who do people say that I am? And they're like, well, you know, John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus turns to them and says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? Identity. Who am I? Who is Jesus? Right? And Peter speaks up, you know, first one to open his mouth, Peter, right? But he really had it right this time. He had received this revelation from God. He said, you are the Christ. You are the Christ, which means the Messiah, the long awaited one, right? You're the Christ. And one of the other gospels, it says that, that Paul or Peter went on. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Simon or Peter he said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but, uh, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And then Jesus said something very interesting to Peter and the disciples. And he warned them strictly and he forbade them. And he said, do not tell anybody about this. Pinky promise. Don't tell anybody. Why would Jesus say that? Well, I think a couple of reasons. It wasn't his time to go to the cross. And the other reason is... Um, they really didn't know what that meant for Jesus to be the Christ. So after, after Jesus says, Peter, you got it right. Now let me tell you what I'm going to do. Or more precisely, let me tell you what's going to happen to me. And this comes as a shock to the disciples. And he begins to describe himself, Jesus. He begins to describe himself as the, the son of man. The son of man. Now, this would have gotten the disciples attention immediately. Probably not your attention, but it got their attention immediately. They're probably going back to Daniel chapter seven. You probably weren't. 
where the Son of Man is described as this one who is enthroned, who sits on this throne, who rules and he, he reigns. It's glorious and it's victorious over enemies. And he begins to describe himself as the Son of Man. And they're like, yeah, this is going to be good. And then he says something. He says, the Son of Man will suffer. The Son of Man will suffer many things. And he will be rejected and he will be crucified and he will be resurrected. Right now, when we hear those words, we start writing songs, right? We start writing songs like and if you're over 40 years old, it's the I cherish the old rugged cross. That old hymn, right? Or if you're under 40, it was the song we sang last week. The cross has the final word. We celebrate it when we hear Jesus say, I'm going to suffer many things. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to be raised. And we go, yes. And they were going, no, no, this can't be. This was this was shock for them. They were probably terrified and confused. And wait a minute, this isn't the son of man that we read about in Daniel seven. We're confused. What's going on here? Jesus said, yeah, that's me. I'm going to suffer many things. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be resurrected. And then he turns to them and he says something very interesting. And by the way, if you're going to follow me, your life's going to look like that too. And that's the part we don't write as many songs about. That might be the part that we get shocked and terrified and confused about. He said, if you're going to come after me, you're going to deny yourself. You're going to daily suffer. You're going to lose your life. And you're not going to be ashamed of it. And by the way, you will not taste death before you see the kingdom of God. In other words, you will experience the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. Okay, the kingdom of God, that's what it is. Wherever Jesus is Lord, the kingdom is. And these disciples, they didn't. They experienced the lordship of Jesus Christ before they died, (laughs) right? So this is how the kingdom operates. You know, the gospel is uh, good news. And the good news of the gospel is like a two-sided coin. Heads, Jesus died for you. Tails... You died with him. And we get really excited about the head side. Jesus died for me. He died for you. We don't get as excited about the other side, which is we died with him. This morning, we're going to get excited about the other side. Right? Because the losers are the winners in the kingdom of God. The losers, say that with me. The losers are the winners in the kingdom of God. Let me ask you this morning, does the word self-denial describe your life? I've been thinking about that all week long. I'm like, do my kids look at me? Does my wife look at me? And if you were to ask them, hey, what's your what's your dad like? What's your husband like when he's not up there preaching? Would they use the word self-denial to describe me? Would they say, you know what? My dad's the most unselfish Man, I I know, or my husband is so unselfish. I don't know that they would use that word. And I dared not ask him this week. I I did not want to feel that pain. (laughs) Right? 
So what if, what would the people closest to you that know you the best, how would they describe you? Would they describe you as a person who um, is very unselfish? Uh, Somebody who suffers daily. Somebody who is always kind of losing their life and, and giving their life away. Is that how they would describe you? If it is, then the kingdom of God has come to you. And if it's not, then the kingdom of God has not come to you. It's that clear. It's that clear. We want to run from suffering. We want to run from pain. We want to run from anything that feels like loss. But we're learning today that when you're losing, you're actually winning in the kingdom of God. So this is not the prosperity gospel. If that's what you came for, I'm sorry. You'll never hear it here, uh, Lord willing. But it is the gospel that Jesus preached, and that's the gospel we want to preach. So if you're suffering and you're losing for the sake of following Jesus this morning, I want you to be extremely encouraged, and I want you to know the kingdom of God has come to you. And I want you to, if you're a, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you've given up on dreams of going to school and getting work and finding fulfillment in career and getting lots of affirmations that you don't get from your two-year-old, I want you to be encouraged this morning. And I want you to know the kingdom of God has come to you. The suffering, the denial, the, the, the losing your life, all of that feels like such loss. I want you to know you're a winner today in the kingdom. Because the losers are actually the winners in the kingdom of God. And for those of you men who, who every day you wake up and you want to quit your job and you want to just do something different, but you keep on doing what you're doing because there's a family that's depending on you, I want you to know that you're a winner in the kingdom of God. I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to continue to deny your flesh, to take up your cross daily and love your wife and love your kids. You're doing it. For those of you who are fighting to stay, to stay pure and you're denying your flesh and you're saying no to things that everybody else is saying yes to and covering it with sloppy grace. I want to affirm you this morning and say the kingdom of God has come to you. You're experiencing the lordship of Jesus Christ. You're a follower of Jesus. The losers are the winners in the kingdom of God. Jesus said in verse 24, he said, whoever would save his life will what? Will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Most of us wake up every morning and we think about how can we save our life today? (laughs) You know, how can we preserve our life? How can we better our life? Right? Uh, How can we save our life today? And for me, it usually starts with a cup of coffee. This is how we're going to get through the day today. All right. Are you with me? And don't talk to me until after the second cup. Right. Some of you are like, you know what I'm talking about? All right. We wake up and we think, how can we survive this day? How can I just get through the day? Right. Um, How can I how can I get through the day uh, working a job that I hate? Right. Living with a spouse I used to love. Right. Being single and and trying to figure that out and trying not to implode or explode. <laughs> Come on, single, say amen. How can I survive? How can I get through this day as a single adult? How can I make it? How can I, right? We're, we're survivors. How can I survive? Some of you wake up, though, and you're like, how can I thrive today? Come on, 
right? How can I have an incredible day? How can I just have incredible joy today? And uh, how can I like get energized today and be fulfilled today? And we wake up and we're thinking, man, I want to thrive today. Rarely do we wake up in the morning and go, how can I deny myself today? How can I suffer today? How can I be the biggest loser today? Come on, how can I lose my life today? How many of you wake up thinking those thoughts? What's the daily cross that I get to carry today? Praise God. Right? We don't wake up thinking that way. That's not normal. And Jesus said, I don't want you to be normal. I want you to be abnormal. I want you to be the person that wakes up thinking about loss. And how can I lose myself today? How can I deny myself today? (laughs) How can I embrace suffering instead of running from it? Okay, this is the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, it's going to look like me. If you're going to follow my life, it's going to look like my life. And how many of you know, Jesus denied himself. He took on humanity. He took on the appearance of a man. He left his, he left his, the glory of heaven and all of that. He became the, the lowest of the low. He became a servant. This is Jesus. And he says, if you're going to follow me, that's what your life's going to look like. And the irony of this is, if you wake up thinking, how can I deny myself today? And how can I give away my life today? Jesus says this. He says, you'll actually find it. You'll actually find it. How many of you know that's counter kingdom? Right? That's counter kingdom. That is, that is um, not the world we live in. That's not how this world, the kingdom of this world operates. But this is how the kingdom of God operates. Right? Listen, you can only live. You can only live to the level that you are dying. You can only live to the level that you are dying. Now you won't hear that in a lot of places outside of the kingdom of God. If you want to live, Jesus said, die. If you want to live with me, die with me. Two sides of the gospel coin. Jesus said this in verse 25. He said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? In other words, you can win everything that seems to be important and then at the same time lose what's most important. You think you're becoming something, you're gaining something, you're achieving something, right? But at the end of the day, Jesus says you've lost, you've lost something very important. You've lost you. You've lost you. You've lost your identity. You've lost your soul. You've lost your mind, your will, your emotions. How many of you, maybe earlier on in life, for those of you who um, maybe are, are along in years, and how many of you, when you started out life, you had a dream, right? And, and a dream, um, and it was a good dream, and it was built on some good values. And then you, you went along in life, and you started working and building career and all of this and all these advancements. And then you get down the road, and you look back, and you go, I don't know who I am anymore. 
I've just gotten sucked into this thing called life, and I'm doing what I don't really want to be doing. And I've, I've achieved some, some level of success, but it, it surely seems pretty empty. I'm 47. I'm almost 50. I'm getting ready for my midlife crisis. <laughs> and that's what it's about. It's, a, it's in this identity crisis. And we go, man, is this what it's all about? Do I need to go back to school? Do I need to learn a new career? Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Right? You can gain the whole world and you can lose your identity yourself. That's what he says. And I like the way that the message puts it. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead, Jesus said. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. He said, don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way to finding yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? Who is the real you anyway? Well, if, in you, if you're in Christ, right, your identity is, is wrapped up in Christ. And we'll talk about that in a, in a few moments. I, I made a new friend recently. His name is Lee. And we were sitting down and we were talking about God's dream. What did God have in mind when he thought of the church? What did he have in mind when he said, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them and teach them? What was that all about? What's this go? Was it? It's interesting how Jesus said, he said, go, not invite. He said, make disciples, not attendees. He said, go to all people groups, not just your favorite one. He said, baptize them. In other words, immerse them in their new identity. And then he said, here, this is the part we leave out. Teach them to obey. Teach them to obey all that, that I have commanded you. Sometimes I wonder if we've given the impression that if you show up, you know, here at Good News twice a month and you pass out a bulletin, you're denying yourself. Or if you're a super Christian and you go to a small group, boy, you are really carrying a big cross. Right? Jesus said, make disciples. What did he mean by that? He didn't say make attendees, right? What does what this make disciples all about? It's not about attendance. We know that. <laughs> By the way, I'm glad you're here. Did I say that this morning? It's not about showing up. It's about obedience. It's about obedience. Discipleship is so connect, teaching them to obey all that I have. Oh, pastor, now you're getting legalistic on me. No, I'm not. I'm talking about love. Okay, we we just we call it we get real quick. Oh, that's legalism. That's legalism. No, it's love. Jesus said, if you love me, you will, you will extravagantly obey me. You will, you will love to obey me. Right? What is love? If anyone has love for his brother, the scripture says that he will actually lay down his life for him. That's, that's what we're talking about here. I mean, if you know that love will make you do some crazy things. It'll make you spend crazy amounts of money. Right? All right, how many of you have daughters that got married 
and you're still working today to pay that off. Raise your hand, right? Love will make you do crazy things, right? Carrie preached about the woman who, who came and anointed Jesus' feet with this expensive oil, this perfume, and there was a bit of a, a little debate over whether she should have done that. Why this waste? Jesus said, it's not a waste. This is what love looks like. Love is costly. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. Love is costly. And he said, he who has been forgiven much loves much. I, I find the most obedient people in the world um, really have a concept of the love of God. It's not the law of God that motivates them to obey. It's the love of God that motivates them. Videgla, our young adult director, he once said this. He said, a lover will always ask, outlast a doer. I love that. A lover will always outlast, and I would say, out-obey a doer. Jesus told the story of a guy once, and he was trying to help people understand what the kingdom of God was like. And we know this story quite well. But it's about this man who discovered a treasure in a field, and he could never afford the treasure, but he knew that if he sold everything he had, he could buy that field, and then he could have that treasure. So he goes home, and he's like, okay, I've got this over here, and it's worth this much, and we've got this treasure over here that's worth this much. And, and the Bible says that in his joy, he took everything that he had, and he sold it so that he could go out and he could buy that treasure and have that field. In his joy, he went out and, and he bought that field. And the point of the story is that the treasure was so amazing to this man that giving up everything that he owned still felt like joy. What if we got to that place where daily denying ourselves and daily suffering and daily losing ourselves, giving up ourselves became a joy? What if that, is that possible? Am I crazy? Kick me out of here right now if I am, really. And I really don't care if you do, as long as you do it for the right reasons. Because I, 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 want, I want to be true to God's word, and I want to preach it, and I want to live it, and I want to exhort you in it. And this man went, and he sold all, his, all he had to have that treasure. We like to ask the question, what's your passion? It's a really good it's a really good question, actually. The word passion, we know, comes from the word to suffer. So when we say, what's your passion? We should be asking, on the other hand, what are you willing to suffer for? Because what you're willing to suffer for is really your passion. It's really your passion. Um, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the, the church that, that lowers the bar. I don't want to be the kind of guy that lowers the bar and says, come as you are, stay as you are. I want to, I want to lift up the same standard of following Jesus that he had, which is this. If you want to follow him, great. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow him. See, I could say, hey, how many of you want to go to heaven? And the line would be really, really long. And I could say, how many of you want to follow Jesus in this way? And the line may not be quite as long. Jesus never gave an invitation and said, how many of you want to go to heaven when you die? How many of you want to avoid hell that one day? He never, he never asked if you want to go to heaven. He only asked, do you want to follow me? And if you want to, great. It'll look a lot like my life. 
Okay, where are we at? Amen. Jesus. Jesus is your Savior. Jesus is your Savior when he took up his cross. And Jesus is your Lord when you take up your cross. And we celebrate the one side of the coin. We love the fact that Jesus died. I want to be the kind of guy. Come on, guys. I want to be the father. I want to be the husband. I want to be the pastor. I want to be the disciple of Jesus who embraces the other side of the coin, too, and says, you know what? Yeah, I had a rough day, right? But I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I'm going to embrace that as part of following Jesus. And instead of running from every little painful thing and and every little uncomfortable thing, and I want to embrace it. And I want to say, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. And I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to be afraid of it. I am not going to I'm not going to be a a weakling and and what's the word I'm looking for? A wimp. Come on. I don't want to be that kind of disciple. I want to be the guy that embraces it. I want to embrace it. I want to embrace it every day. Some of you have really, really hard lives and and and, and it can be because you're, you're following Jesus. And I want you to know you're on the winning team today. You're on the winning side. You're in the right place. <laughs> Celebrate it. Celebrate it. You know, we pray the prayer, Father, your kingdom come, which is your lordship come on earth as it is in heaven. Right. And then we complain when he hears us and he answers our prayer. You know, we go, when we pray your kingdom come, we're thinking, yeah, kingdom come, lordship over devils and lordship over sickness. But he also means lordship over self. And you can't cast out self. You can only deny it. Right. Pastor, I don't want you to talk about self-denial. I've got plans. I've got plans. I've got goals. I've got habits. I've got needs. Don't talk about self-denial. I got needs and I need my needs met. In the name of Jesus. Right? Come on. Give us this day our daily bread. I love that prayer. But this kingdom come business, man, when you invite the kingdom to come and the king to come and his lordship to come, that means there's going to be some death to self. And we have to celebrate that as much as his lordship over sickness and his lordship over devils. Amen. If the losers are the winners in the kingdom of God, then we have to ask the question, well, what does it look like for me to lose my life? How can I give my life away? You have to begin. Where does it begin? You have to begin with identity. You have to begin with. um, That's why Jesus said, I want you to baptize them. Before you teach them, baptize them. Because baptism is all about identity. You need to be immersed in a brand new identity. In, in this identity of Christ. And so um, it begins with identity. And when you become a follower of Jesus, we know that you lose your old identity, right? It's not about if, if you're married or single. It's not about, right, if you're male or female. It's not about your social, uh, social economic status. It's not about that. It's not about what you have achieved. It's not about what you have succeeded in. It's not about where you have failed. All of that is behind you. It's not about who you used to be. It's not about your sexual identity. It's not about your political identity. All those things have passed away and all things have become new. You have a brand new identity and you embrace, you embrace this, um, 
this, this idea of losing your life by understanding this is who I am now. This is who I am now, okay? Um, Jesus, uh, by the way, how many of you uh, are in the armed forces or you have been and you've been through boot camp? Raise your hand. Okay, look at that. Awesome. Can we just celebrate them for a minute? Thank you so much. So when you signed up, right, and you went to boot camp, right, and the, first, and the night before your first day, what did they ask you? What time would you like to get up tomorrow morning? What, how would you like your eggs prepared? How many miles would you? Oh, you don't want to run. Okay, that's fine. Do you like video games? Right? No, you're signing up for something. That, and what are they doing? They're saying, you have a new identity. You are not who you were when you walked in here. And we're going we're gonna to like start over with you. And we're going to make you the man that we want you to be. Or the woman we want you to be. Right? You get a new identity. And when you join the kingdom of God, God's army, you get a new identity. All this old stuff passes away. They cut your hair. You look like me. And, and that's the way it works. I mean, they don't they even cut your hair. They don't want you to have your own personal thing going on. They don't ask you what's your favorite song. We'll sing that in the morning. They play taps. You know what I'm saying? You know, when the athletes, when, when the American athletes, they, they win the gold. They don't ask them, hey, what's your favorite song so we can play it at the award ceremony? They play the national anthem. You see, we're not of this world. We're not of this kingdom anymore. Jesus said, I am not of this world. I'm of another kingdom, right? And in the same way, I say, I don't belong here, right? I don't fit Republican. I don't fit Democrat. I don't fit independent. I don't fit in a party anymore. I I just don't fit here. It's a weird place that we're in. We're kind of this in between two kingdoms. Frank Viola, he said this about kingdom. He said, there's a real strong spirit of nationalism among those who are over 40 years old in this country. And globalism for those who are under 40 in this country. And the gospel of the kingdom declares war on both nationalism and globalism. It declares war on capitalism, socialism, and communism. Why? Because they all pledge allegiance to another kingdom. He writes this. He says, I am an American citizen. But I'm really not an American citizen, and neither are you if you are a follower of Jesus. According to Jesus, you are a citizen of another kingdom, and your allegiance is to another kingdom. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. He says this, I love my country. And by the way, I'm wearing red, white, and blue today, if you didn't notice. All right. I love my country, but I will renounce my American citizenship in a second if I have to choose one kingdom Over another. That's identity right there. New identity. Think about this for just a moment. How did Jesus bring the kingdom or bring the lordship of God through? How did he bring it when he came to earth? Did he bring the kingdom of God through political means? Right? Did he do it by overthrowing the pagan Roman Empire? Is that how he did it? Did he do it by, by protecting religious freedoms? Did he do it by reversing Roe versus Wade? The kingdom or the lordship of Christ does not come through public policy. It comes through private practice. 
If it came through public policy, Jesus would have led the way and he would have demonstrated that. But he didn't. And by the way, Constantine tried to bring about Christianity through public policy. Did not work. The lordship of Christ on earth doesn't come from the White House. It doesn't come from the courthouse. It comes from your house. You have no authority in the White House. And you have no authority in the Supreme Court. But you have authority in your own house and over your own life. And we think sometimes that the lordship of Christ on the earth that advances through these big political reversals. But it actually comes through small daily denials. And that's what Jesus was getting at here. You want to change the world? He said, follow me. Deny yourself. Take up some daily sacrifice. Live unselfishly. Right? And the kingdom will advance. And by the way, don't be ashamed of it, he said. Don't be ashamed of me and don't be ashamed of my words. And you will see the kingdom of God. So, how will, lead, how will you lead your house? How will you lead your sphere of influence? I said earlier that uh, you can only live to the level that you are dying. And the same is true about leadership. You can only lead to the level that you are dying. If you want people around you to live a life of self-denial, you want your kids to be unselfish, your wife to be unselfish, your spouse to be unselfish, well, you first. Right? You want your team, you want your employees, you want the people around you, you first. That's how it works. Because the losers are the winners in the kingdom of God. Is that clock lying to me right now? Or telling the truth? Somebody said telling the truth. That means you want to get going, don't you? All right. Let's, let's wrap this up. See, crosses, he says, pick up your cross daily. Crosses are very personal. Are very personal. In other words, Pastor Mark's cross is not going to look like my cross. Right? And my cross isn't his cross. Each one of us are called to carry our own personal cross. And Jesus said to Peter one day, he said, you know, when you're old, Peter, people are going to dress you and they're going to take you where you don't want to go. And he was saying, hey, you're going you're to be crucified, Peter. You're going to actually die for me. Right. And Peter, Peter's picking up on that. And he goes, OK, but what about Pastor Jason over here? And Jesus is like, never mind, Pastor Jason, you follow me. Every cross is personal and you have to discern what does it look like for you right now in your life to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. And guess what? The Holy Spirit will help you with that. He will hope he will help you with that and he will show you. So the question today is, is really simple. Ask yourself, what is the one thing that I can do to deny myself today? What is the one thing that I can do to deny myself today? And that would be a really good question to write down. It's a really good question to process in your small groups. But I'm going to have you stand here in just a moment. For those of you who go, you know what? I know what area of my life, excuse me, I need to embrace that cross or to deny myself. And when you have that in your mind, I'm going to ask you to stand and I want to pray with you today. So at any point, if you want to stand and we're going to um, and we're going to pray. And I'm just going to ask you a few more questions as you as you're responding. What is the one thing I can do to deny myself today? Maybe it's at work. You give somebody else the better shift. 
Maybe it's at home and you do someone else's chores. If there's any students listening here. Or you actually do them without somebody asking you to do them. That's a miracle in our house. We celebrate that. Right? Uh, Maybe it's in your marriage. You actually give and you love and you serve without expecting something in return. You know? Uh, I went to a marriage counselor once because I'm married. I just gave you all permission to go to marriage counseling. And I was sharing with him my frustrations. And you know what he said? He said, why don't you just put yourself aside for a season and just focus on the needs of your wife? I'm like, well, you know, that's probably in the Bible somewhere. Maybe I should try that. Maybe there's a relationship you're in and you need to say, you know what? I'm just going to put aside my needs and I'm going to focus for one day. Let's just do it for a day. One day I'm going to find one thing to do to deny myself. Why? So I can go look at me. No. So the kingdom will advance in the earth. Right? So the kingdom will advance. Maybe here at church, maybe, um, maybe you need to give up on some of your personal preferences. Right? I don't like that style of music or... I don't like that person when he preaches, right? Give up your personal preferences. Why? So others can become worshipers of Jesus. So the kingdom will be advanced. Maybe it's serving when it's not convenient. Maybe it is showing up when it's not convenient. Maybe it's going to group when it's not convenient. Maybe it's tithing when it's a a bad season and you're in between debt. I don't know. Lord, we come to you today. We thank you for your precious word. Powerful. God, I thank you that the losers are the winners in the kingdom of God. God, I pray that we would embrace losing. Losing our, uh, uh, our freedoms. Losing our preferences. Losing having our needs met. God, I pray that we would be amazing followers of Jesus in this way. And Lord, today we say yes. We just say yes to following you. We say yes to following you. Maybe you're here today and you have you've never um, you've never heard the gospel presented this way and you're like, you know, I've always wanted heaven, but I never really wanted Jesus. Today, I, um, I realize you kind of have to have both. And I want to I follow Jesus. I want to identify my life in Him. And I repent of my radical independence of Him. If that's you, stand to your feet and just say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I invite you to be my Lord, my Savior. sing this chorus together.